Giants fans, thanks so much for joining me for another episode of Only a Giant. A lot I want to get to today. Um, obviously, there's been a little bit of a delay as far as getting these episodes out. And yeah, I mean, <laughs> what can you really say about that other than, you know, this is probably one of the, man, it might be the worst season, um, Giants football season that I've ever experienced in my life. You know, I'm 35 years old. Uh, you know, obviously there were some some bad times when, when I was a little bit younger, but, you know, really when I first started following football really close, I would say it was like Kerry Collins time, uh, Tiki stuff of that nature. And yeah, there were some down times and there were some bad times, but there was always hope that, you know, you just never felt so hopeless i guess i mean you know there are times this year where you know you kind of maybe saw some sparks and and just some things were were starting to click a little bit but man you just never really got there i guess i you know i don't know i do feel a little bit bad for judge in in some sense where you know there you know these random reports that are coming out that he actually really liked brian dable and he was trying to bring him over as his oc uh, but you know, Garrett was kind of forced on him. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not in the know. I don't know if these things are true. Um, but man, it was just a rough, rough year as a Giants fan. And, you know, especially when you're, when you're throwing in the additional week this year, just, just makes it tough, man, you know, and, and I'm not the only one and I'm, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir here. I know all my friends kind of felt the same way. I still watched all the games, but man, I didn't feel good about it. <laughs> it felt dirty, kind of felt dirty watching the the final final what four, five, six games where literally we just there was no chance. We didn't it didn't feel like we we're in any of the games. So, needless to say, you know that's kind of why there's a delay on my end. You know, I kind of wanted to get to the off season, get things figured out a little bit. I I kind of honestly, I was going to wait till we had our OC DC kind of figured out as well before I started recording again, but Dable's got me excited. You know, he's, he's kind of, he seems very genuine and I know judge came in and kind of, you know, blew us out of the water with his press conference and kind of everything that, that he talked about and rightfully so, because he absolutely did. Um, but it's tough with judge judge you know, seemed so genuine, but at the same time, almost didn't, um, seemed like it was very scripted as far as like probably very well prepared in his head and his mind of exactly what he was going to say. And he kind of gave that answer all the time. You know, he was very smart, almost too smart to where sometimes it did feel like his answers were, um, kind of pre-recorded, you know, and he, and he knew exactly what he was going to say. And Dayball, you know, I just got done listening to the press conference today um, where he was introduced as the Giants' new head coach. Um, a couple things I'll say. He seemed prepared, but he also seems down to earth and kind of one of the people. He doesn't sound like he's smarter than everyone else. And I think that's one thing with Judge it, where, you know, he, he always kind of seemed like he was the smartest person in the room or maybe acted like he was the smartest person in the room. And, and you just kind of felt that, you know, you felt, it felt palpable. Um, Dable seems down to earth. Um, seems like he has good head, a head, on, good head on his shoulders. Um, you know, judge, we weren't really looking for 
offense or defensive an offensive or defensive mind. We were looking for a head coach where this time really looked like, or seemed like we were looking for an offensive mind for sure. After, you know, the pitiful performance we've seen with this offense over the last, well, two years, really at least. Um, but Dable just seemed more down to earth, more, um, more one of the people, I guess, if you will. And, you know, my buddy Curtis pointed out, you know, you got to see results on the field. And yes, Curtis, you're a hundred percent right. Um, you know, these, these press conferences mean nothing, you know, look at Joe judge, you know, from last year and even what, uh, Matt rule from, you know, the same year that, that, uh, judge was hired, kind of had a lot of good speeches, a lot of good press conferences and stuff of that nature. Um, and it just goes to show that that doesn't always mean everything. Now, that being said, I think there's still things that you can take from this. Um, you know, Brian Dable had head coaching interviews, you know, basically had that um, that job locked up in, in San Diego or Las Vegas, wherever the heck they are these days. So, you know, like he at least interviews well and, you know, maybe has the experience because he basically had that lock that job locked up and then the, the current coach kind of came in and, and blew everyone away. Um so you know he has the experience. You you see the progress that he has made with the Bills offense from taking, you know, Josh Allen from being, you know, a rookie and and kind of a blank slate as they called it to developing him into one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And one of the things that I really took away from that press conference that I really liked is um, you know, Brian Dayball says he he asked Daniel Jones to point out some plays and some concepts and some things that he really liked um, with the time that he was with the Giants and when, when he was at Duke. Um, and then, then they're going to kind of try to build around that, see what they can make that successful for him. If you go back to, you know, his rookie year with, with Shermer and Shermer's offense, man, attacking downfield, getting the ball out of his hands, um, didn't always have to be the first read, could have been the second read, could have been the third read, but you knew he was able to hit the right read. Um and, and get the ball downfield, make those throws because he has a good arm. He has good accuracy downfield. The numbers have proven that. Um, and then, you know, we, we came in with, with Garrett and everything changed. You know, this was, this, this turned into like a, a horizontal offense instead of a vertical offense, you know, no, no, not a lot of balls downfield other than, you know, some sporadic stuff here and there. Um, and yeah, you know, sure. <laughs> you can say that's offensive line. Uh, you you can say all of that nonsense, um, and that it does hold truth. You know, I'm not I'm not saying it doesn't, but we did it with Shermer. You know, in, in kind of a, a very similar offensive line. It wasn't better. Um, it may, I guess maybe it was a little bit better than this year, but that's not the point. The point is that you know he was able to attack downfield prior um, it, with no issue. And obviously the fumbles were the issue and the turnovers were the issue. And that is kind of a product of the um, the pressure and everything from the offensive line. But he was able to do it, you know. And if he was able to kind of avoid pressure a little bit more and, and kind of avoid those sacks, he would have been rookie of the year and everything would have looked great. And I think that's one thing that I can say pretty confidently, I, I think at least, that I thought Daniel Jones did a much better job this year as far as getting 
avoiding pressure, um, getting out of getting out of sacks or would be sacks. Yeah, he still took them, and, and sometimes there were head scratchers, but he did a much better job this year with with avoiding those with mobility in the pocket. I did think actually improved quite a bit this year, and. I think that'll kind of go a long way towards fixing everything. You just hope he's not too shell-shocked at this point. You know, he has gotten sacked a lot. He has been under a lot of pressure. He has had injuries. You know, it's it's something where you just hope it's not too late. Um, do I think that they move forward with Daniel Jones long-term? I, I don't know. You know, it's something where this is going to be a big year for him. And I, I know he said the same exact damn thing last time. Um, but... It is what it is, you know. Um, we'll see what happens, though. I, I don't think they pick up the, the second or the fifth year option. Or maybe they do. But I think more than anything, they'll kind of, they won't pick that up. But maybe they'll try to negotiate some type of little contract extension if they can. And, um, you know, try to get them, you know, maybe on the books for another year or something like that with, with something spread out. And just see how this year goes. And go from there. You know, maybe, maybe they don't, maybe they just kind of let him, you know, use this final year as, as uh, a prove it year and, and go from there. But I would just hate to get into a, a situation where maybe he balls out this year and we end up having to pay him 28, 29, 30 mil instead of, you know, 20. Uh, so we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, you know, I, I did want to get into a couple other things before I really jumped into uh, Brian Dable, but I just got excited, you know, <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely some, some exciting times, you know, for the Giants for once. And, and we'll kind of get into a little bit more of that because I do want to kind of take a step back. But um, I wanted to talk about Dable a little bit just because that's topic of mine. He just had his, you know, introductory press conference. Um, we'll talk about the defensive coordinator thing, uh, the offensive coordinator a little bit. I'll talk about Shane real quick as well. Um but I just wanted to kind of give a quick shout out to uh, to the Fair Deli Market, which is in uh, Syracuse here, or kind of near the fairgrounds. Um, a pretty amazing beer selection. You know, I, I know if you guys have listened to me in the past, I've always kind of done a little bit of a of a beer section where you know I'll kind of introduce a new beer and uh, you know go over kind of what I think, initial initial taste, kind of all that stuff. And I kind of want to get back into that. You know. I know the season, man, took a, took a turn. You know, this this was a rough, rough season, so I kind of got away from doing that a little bit. Um, so this is what we're going to do. We're going to kind of introduce a new beer here from, from Fair Deli that I got. And the beer is, it's, it's from Flying Monkey. It's a triple IPA. Um, it's called Sparkle Puff. It's got, like, a picture of a cat on the front of it with, like, laser beams shooting out of the eye. It says Galaxy Starfighter, uh, Defender of the Universe. Uh, it's actually made in Canada, which I did not know. Um, Flying Monkey actually does a Chocolate Manifesto, which is one of my all-time favorite beers. I actually got that as well, I'll be honest with you. Um, but the beer selection there is absolutely amazing. I was honestly blown away. I have a friend that works there too. So um, actually his family owns it, I believe. Um, but really just a, an amazing beer selection there. I was honestly really impressed uh, as well as, you know, the food that they had um, w was pretty amazing too. So we'll, we'll kind of introduce this beer. We'll do a rating on untapped like we used to and, and kind of get back into that a little bit because that is fun. You know, that is, that is something that I enjoy doing with this. And let's remember, you know, 
I'm not doing that. I don't get paid for this. I'm not, you know, talking giants. I'm not, um, you know, some, some big podcast or anything like that. I'm just a little guy here. I'm just doing this for fun. Uh, and it's something I really enjoy doing. So let's get back to what makes this fun. You know what I mean? So we're going to give this a little bit of a, a rating on untapped. Um, you can find me on untapped at only a giant underscore 86, I believe is what it is, but I'll double check that in a moment. And, um, We'll get right into it. Um, one of the quotes on the can, actually, I think it's really cool, is says, normal is weird. Uh, this is an extra strong beer. It's a triple IPA. Um, definitely something I, I would check out. Like I said, it's lo- located, the brewery actually is located in Canada, it looks like. Um, 10.2%. So let's let's go. Let's do it. Let's get it. All right. So first taste here. It's good. So one of the things I like about this beer is you kind of get that intense flavor up front, but then it, it kind of gets subtle after that. You don't you don't get hit in the face. Um, and, and for a triple IPA, that's actually pretty impressive uh, because triple IPAs are definitely um, not for everybody. Um, you know, a lot of times it's more to do with, you know, the, the strong nature of the beer and the hops and kind of everything that's going on with it. Um, that's smooth. Let me get a little bit more of that. Yeah, it's good. Um, I'm definitely not like a beer connoisseur here. I'm not going to say, oh, this has a slight malty taste or, you know, anything like that. Um, biggest things I can, I like to do is, is, you know, that initial taste, the initial flavor, the first time it hits your mouth and kind of what you feel about it has good flavor. Um, you can definitely tell it's a triple IPA, but it's not smacking you in the face and, and it, it's subtle kind of you know you get the initial flavor and then it's kind of subtle after that it's not bland there's flavor um you can tell it's 10 percent, but it's uh it's a that's that's a really good beer um out of five i'd probably give that oh man one one more one more little taste here i'll give it a four out of five um you know sometimes they do get into like um, you know, 4.5s and stuff like that, but I'll give it a four, uh, very good beer. Um, as far as triple IPAs, I don't have a lot of experience. There's really only one other one I've had and I can't even think of the, the brewery off the top of my head. Uh, but that was good. I enjoyed that quite a bit. So like I said, you can follow me on untapped at, uh, um, only a giant underscore 86, I believe is what it is. And, um, maybe I'll throw a link up there on Twitter to kind of, you know, update people with uh with the correct information here um so yeah let's let's get into a little bit more of of kind of everything going on here um obviously oh it's i'm sorry it's only a giant podcast is my untapped username and you can find me on twitter <laughs> at only a giant underscore 86 i knew that came from somewhere <laughs> so let's get into a little bit more of the information here. I don't want to make this a long drawn out podcast episode here, but I uh, want to kind of go over a couple different things. Obviously the season is over. Um, you know, as, as the season kind of went on, man, I was torn. You know, I, I kind of thought we needed to fire judge, but I didn't think we were going to actually do it. The initial reports came out that we weren't firing him. And I wasn't surprised. I mean, I'm, I'm sure most giants fans weren't, uh, doesn't mean we weren't unhappy about it, but um, not surprised. So 
definitely more surprised once it actually happened and you know we'll go we'll go from there um but the biggest thing that you know i think everyone could agree with was jason garrett something needed to change needed to change there um so was that going to happen you know if judge got fired and, and how is that going to kind of get be handled um i was a pretty big patrick graham critic to start the year because i just felt like our defense was performing worse than the year before with more weapons more tools on the defense um and that was honestly a big part of the reason that I was unsure on, on Patrick Graham. Now I think throughout the rest of the year, I think he kind of came on and, and things started looking a little bit better, but um, it's tough, man. It's, it's tough to have a consistent offense when, or consistent defense when your offense is, is so bad. So it's almost, almost kind of give him a pass, uh, but he did turn it around and everything actually looked a lot better towards the end of the year, as far as the defense is concerned. And I really hope we retain him. Um, and then kind of, you know, getting back to uh, Dayball here and his staff, you know, Ken Dorsey, obviously you kind of got to hope that that comes through and, and he comes over. Um, biggest reason for that, consistency. You know, Dayball will have his guy and, and kind of, you know, maybe Dayball can fo- focus a little bit more on the day-to-day operations for the Giants and, and you know, running an actual game rather than just worrying about the offense. Um, and that's one thing I think that, you know, if, if, if Dorsey isn't here, um, that could change, you know. If Dorsey isn't here, uh, maybe Dayball does call the call the plays. Uh, I'm of the mindset where I would really prefer a head coach to be a head coach and not an offensive coordinator. But you know, we'll see what happens there. Um, I do hope Ken Dorsey comes over. Um, obviously, I know they have to do a couple of interviews. They have to, you know, fulfill the Rooney Rule. I think with um, you know one minority candidate uh, in person interview. Um, so that's the offensive coordinator. I don't really know who else would they would bring over at this time, but I think a lot of it hinges on that. Um, and then, you know, as far as the defensive coordinator, I'm all for keeping Patrick Graham as, a, as our defensive coordinator. I think that's the, the best move possible and um, would really help stabilize the defense a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, a lot of the players are already really familiar with Patrick Graham. You hope he gets a head coaching job. Sure. You know, maybe the Vikings thing will come through um, and and the picks will be nice. But you know that, you know, if we retain him, he has a good year. Probably next year he gets a head coaching gig. You know, it, it's it's kind of how, how it works. So that being said, you know, I really would like to retain him for this year at least um, to even even if it's just for the year, just to hold a little bit of stability within the defense. And, and then I, I do really think also it'll be interesting to see how the defense changes under Dayball being the head coach, because I really wonder if Pat, if uh, Joe judge had a lot of say as far as how Ben don't break the defense was, because obviously with Patrick Graham, they always talked about this being an attacking defense, uh, you know, tight man to man coverage, getting pressure. Yeah. You know, the, the tools quite, quite weren't there. Um, as far as like the pass rush and stuff of that nature, but um, I just think it's it, it'll be interesting to see how things change with Patrick Graham if he does stay under Brian Dable. Obviously, you want Dable to have say in the defense, but I just think Judge is, is kind of proving more and more that he had his hands literally in everything, and that's not always a bad thing. But maybe in this case, it was. You know, so 
yeah, really, Patrick Graham's got to be the number one option, and I hope he stays. If he gets a head coaching job, then good for him. Um, but for stability purposes, for the way this defense is kind of being built, I'd really like to see him, um, you know, have another year. Maybe get a pass rusher. You know, maybe we'll get Thibodeau or, or something here. And kind of keep improving this defense and, and see what happens. Obviously, you know, you know, we're gonna have some free agents that are gonna leave and and probably not get re-signed, and maybe even some guys let go. We'll get into that a little bit later in the offseason. Um, but Graham's got to stay, um, and then and then we'll kind of go from there. Obviously, we're gonna hopefully have a a good offensive line coach here somewhere too. I I don't know who the right option for that is either, but I'm sure Dabo will do a good job hiring hiring that staff. Uh, when it comes to the GM interviews, you know, we'll kind of take a step back to that as well. Um, I think it was clear that Shane was the the number one option the whole time. Um, props to the owners for kind of getting out of the way, uh, John Mara here. And, uh, you know, props for getting out of the way and, and letting letting the guys interview and, and pretty much giving them the options that, that they will, will have to run this organization and, and, and run it the right way and, and hopefully not have as much say from the GM or from the owners. Um, obviously they'll always have a say, you know, and, and that's one thing I think is kind of funny when people get pissy that, uh, John Mara says, well, yeah, I have to sign off on things. He's a freaking owner. Yeah. <laughs> he's going to sign off on things. He's going to have to sign off on things, but he's, it sounds like he's really allowing, um, Shane to do the things that he's going to do. And, I think proof of that is hiring hiring Joe Shane and allowing him to do that. And then Dayball being hired too, because I, I really do think if Mayor had the choice, I think Brian Flores would have been the guy um, because he knows him and he's he's comfortable with him. And and ha- had there been another GM, maybe that, that would have been the, the hire. Um, I would have been fine with a couple other GM guys. I would have been fine with Poles. Um, Really, I, it kind of came down to him and uh, to Shane and Poles. Really, for me, I know that may not have been the the popular answer, but um, those were kind of my really really two big guys that I, I really wanted. Now, this is going to kind of be short because you know we really don't have a lot of stuff yet. We still don't know who the DC is. We don't know who the offense coordinator is. Um, obviously, we we witnessed the uh, Dayball interview and the, the Joe Shane interview, so that's kind of really all we have to go off with for the moment. So we'll kind of keep this short. I don't want to bore you guys and, and kind of ramble on here about a bunch of different things that we don't really need, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I haven't recorded a podcast in a little while because the season was kind of finished off so rough. I don't think anyone needs a reminder on, on how bad the season was. We all lived it. Um, it was miserable. It was pathetic. Um, it just wasn't fun. It was probably, like I said, the worst season as a Giants fan I've ever, I've ever had. I still sat through the game still, you know, <laughs> got pissed off as much as probably anyone else, but um, it is what it is. The season's over, so let's kind of embrace that and and be happy about it. Let's watch. Let's watch the the Super Bowl here. That you know, for me, you know, maybe as as a Giants fans, I'm fan. I'm not supposed to say this, but I'm happy for Odell. I'm happy he's in the Super Bowl. Um, you know, I do think this is a Super Bowl that the um, Rams should kind of run away with. But I think also Burrow has kind of shown he's a winner, man. Guy shows up uh, when it's needed. I think this this Cincinnati Bengals team's a little bit outmatched, but they're a lot like the Giants in 07. You know, uh, playing with house money. You know, just just no cares to the wind here. Let's go out and, and play some football and have some fun. No, I'm not comparing Joe Burrow to, Burrow to Eli Manning. I'm not doing that. Um, 
but it kind of just reminds me, you know, of, of, the, of that team kind of um, playing with house money, you know, a, a year early. Uh, but but maybe maybe that's for a good thing. And I, I do think this is going to be a team that's going to compete for a little while moving forward because Joe Burrow is just that good. Jamar Chase is proving to be that. Uh, get that team a little bit of a better offensive line, and oof, they're going to be they're going to be fun to watch. And I believe they have a decent amount of cap space too. So, all right, guys. Well, you know. Super Bowl, we'll talk about maybe a little bit closer, maybe next week. Um, you know, right now, early prediction, I'm saying Rams 34-20. Um, kind of close, but, you know, something where it's a two-score game. Um, you know, maybe the, the Bengals have a chance towards the end to kind of cut it down to one score. But I think the defense is, is too good for the Rams, or sorry, for the Bengals. And, you know, Matt Stafford, I think it's about time he wins one. And I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if he wins another, you know, another one or two after this, um, you know, with the Rams. This is, this is a good Rams team. Um, I think they can keep kind of pushing things off by year, pushing things off by year um, as far as, like, cap space and everything like that and really, really going to run here for a couple of years. So that's everything I got, got guys, today. I really just kind of wanted to – to get out there and talk about the, the Brian Dayball interview. Um, really nice to feel excited about the team and, and kind of everything going forward. Obviously it's only a press conference. It's only an interview, but you like kind of the authenticity that Dayball is, is presenting. Um, you know, there's a quote by Stefan Diggs too, that actually I, I really like too. So let me, let me pull that up here real quick. Uh, basically it was just saying to do, 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 where is it? Here it is. Oh, maybe I'm lying. Here it is, yeah. Uh, Stefan Diggs, Dayball is my guy forever, and that's the Giants. And that Giants player should not mistake his kindness for being a pushover, because you do kind of see like like he almost looks like he could maybe be a little bit of a pushover, but um, you kind of see the look in his eye too that he's not a guy you really want to mess with. So, guys, that's it. Thanks so much for joining me. Um, you know, now that we're we're kind of getting closer to off season and everything here. We'll probably be recording pretty pretty close to once a week, at least until draft, and and we'll see you know what happens there, or, or maybe we'll take a, a couple weeks off until we kind of get into free agency. We'll see. Um, things kind of slow down here for a little bit. I am excited that Dable seems excited about working with Daniel Jones. You know, I definitely think that's that's something that um, he's going to have to do. Really, there's not a lot of other options right now. Wouldn't wouldn't be shocked to see Saquon be traded, but we'll kind of get into that a little bit later too. Guys, for now, that's all. Let's freaking go!